Before I read my scripture, allow me to have a few personal uh, statements to make. Uh, I guess you have to let me. But first of all, I'd just like to wish everyone a happy new year, of course. And uh, as we look to the new day. But I'd like to say a special word of welcome to those who are visiting with us today. If you're a visitor here, some of you may be visiting with family, just passing through town. Others may be looking for a, a church home, a church family. Uh, I don't know why you've come today, but we're glad you're here. And we want to make sure you feel welcome. I want to tell you something. This is a great church. In fact, I don't believe the members of this church know exactly how great it is. And I'm talking to the visitors here. This is just a great family church, a loving church. And if you're looking for a church home, you have found it here. And we need you to add your presence. And we need to have your witness be a part of our witness. And I assure you, you would be welcome. How do I know that? Because I've been a part of this church now for over 30 years myself. And I know what great, what a great church it is. So welcome and hope you'll come back and hope you'll feel free to be a part of this fellowship. Then I, I, I want to tell you something about, I'm going to take a little personal time here. When uh, my grandmother found out that I was going into the ministry, she painted a picture for me. She was a, a, an artist, of just a, a grandmother type of artist. But she painted a picture and she brought it to me. And that picture would hang in my office for the rest of my career until my last day in this church. Now it hangs in my preacher's son's office in his church in Jacksonville, Florida. But my grandmother brought me the picture. It was, uh, she had done it with Jesus, uh, sitting down under a tree and, uh, among the sheep. In the arms of Jesus was a lamb. And, uh, with his other hand, he rested it upon one of the larger sheep. And beside, the, beside Jesus was the shepherd's crook. And she explained to me that the shepherd's crook is laid aside because uh, the shepherd only uses the shepherd's crook when he has to. It's the symbol of authority, she said. So you will be a person given authority in the church, but only use that authority when you have to. And then she said, and you'll notice that Jesus is seated down where he can touch everybody. And that holds the sheep, the small ones, but touches the big ones too. May your ministry be an outreach to everyone. But she said, you'll notice in the picture that your face is not on the face of Jesus. That's Jesus. He is the shepherd. You are not the shepherd. (laughs) And she went on to explain to me, you're merely a hireling of the shepherd, and don't you forget it. Well, David McIntyre was a hireling. 
Wow, and what a great hireling he was. What a wonderful job he's done. I bet he's watching right now. I hope he is, because I want him to hear him say hear me say some nice things about him. But he was an excellent hireling. And now I have the privilege of being an interim hireling. Just between another hireling that is to come in July. I don't have any idea who that hireling is. But uh, we want to be prepared for that new hireling that's going to be coming to us because the shepherd is sending him. And let us prepare for that prayerfully during these six months. And let's be eager and happy in anticipation of whoever is to come our way. We need a hireling, and we need a good hireling, and we pray that God will give us the right hireling. Then I want to tell you the bishop is coming next week, so be on your best behavior, please. (laughs) I want him to have a good impression of this church because he's going to be making the appointment of that new hireling. And... He's never made an appointment before in his life. His name is Tom Berlin, Bishop Tom Berlin. He's been a local pastor all of his life, and he's been lifted up and chosen to be consecrated as a bishop. And his he hadn't even moved here yet. He's moving in this week. But I wanted him to be first at our church. I wanted him to be, we're number one. This is where he ought to start. So... <laughs> But I wanted him to have a good impression of the church. So please be on your best behavior and don't do anything foolish. And pray that I don't do anything foolish too. Uh, And so during this time of transition, let us be the best best church we can be and uh, be in prayer together, working toward the new day with the new hireling. Now, I've chosen a passage of Scripture that is very familiar, especially during this period of time in in the liturgical calendar. It's Matthew 2, the first 12 verses, and I'm reading from the Revised Standard Version. Very familiar words. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea in the days of Herod the king, Behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. He assembled the chief priests and scribes of the people, and he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who shall govern my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them when the star appeared. 
And then he sent them to Bethlehem saying, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word so that I too may come and worship him. When they heard the king, they went their way. And lo, the star, which they had seen in the east, went before them till it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy and worshipped him. They opened their treasures. They offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they went to their own country another way. Now let's bow our heads for a prayer together. Oh, Lord, take us to Bethlehem one more time. We need to go to Bethlehem to hear the angels sing again. We need to go to Bethlehem to see the star. We need to go to Bethlehem like the wise men and find Jesus. We need to be enriched by the experience in Bethlehem. So take us there, Lord, and bless us. And endow me with the power to preach your word of truth to these, my friends, and your servants. For we wait upon you in the name and in the spirit of Jesus, the one who cares about us all. Amen. Well, you know, there's a lot that we don't know about the wise men. Let's confess it. We don't know where they were from. The only thing the Bible says is that they were from the east. And uh, so that doesn't really define where they're from. We don't know their names. We don't, we don't even know how many there were. Oh, we, we'd like to say three, and I think it's because of the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But there may have been many, many more. And we don't know when they came. There are some biblical scholars who think that they were not there when, uh, at the, in the stable, because in this passage of Scripture, it said when they came into the house, they fell and worshipped him. Well, I don't know. I just like to think that there were three wise men who came with their gold, frankincense, and myrrh to the stable, following the star and worshipping Jesus. We don't know, there, but there are things we don't know about them. But there are some things that we do know about them for sure. First of all, we know that they were seeking Jesus. What is it that they said uh, to Herod the king? Where is he who is born king of the Jews? We have come to worship him. So they were seeking out Jesus. I believe that in every one of us, there is an innate desire to find Jesus. We have this natural desire 
to discover him, to find him, to seek him. I like to think this is why we've come to church today. This is why I've come to church. That I might find Jesus again. That I might experience Jesus again. That I might worship Jesus. That's the wise men, we know this. We're seeking Jesus. And I hope this is what we're doing as we come to worship every Sunday. This is what we should do every day. Where is he who is born King of the Jews? Well, we not only know that they were seeking Jesus, but we know that they worshipped him. And when they found him, they were seeking him, but they found him and they worshipped him. And what they did was they worshipped him by presenting him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. What strange gifts to be giving to Jesus in the stable of Bethlehem. How out of place they seemed to be. They thought that they were going to find a king. So they went to uh, the palace of Herod the king, thinking that would be where he was. These are gifts fit for a king. But how out of place they were in the stable of Bethlehem. God just surprises us constantly with his uh, the way that he gives us uh, himself in such a simple, quiet way as a stable in Bethlehem. And they brought their gifts and put them down in the midst of the straw, so out of place, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Now, there's a lovely story. It's not, a, not, a, not out of the Bible. I want you to understand that. That the Holy Family would take that gold and it would, it would enable them to escape into Egypt. And that this gold would provide the, the money that would make it possible for them to, to go uh, into Egypt and escape from Herod the king. That they would use uh, the frankincense to uh, cover up the stench and the odor of uh, the stable. And then that on that morning of first Easter, when Mary and the other Mary went to prepare the body of Jesus, that she would be taking uh, the myrrh, the, the ointment for, uh, for preparing the body. Now, that's... that's There's nothing biblical about that, but it's a lovely story. And to think about these gifts, these simple gifts that, not simple, very uh, powerful gifts that uh, the wise men brought. And and that tells me that when we worship, we have to to give something. We can give our money, sure, that's easy to do, by the way. But best of all, we can offer our spiritual gifts that God has given us to be used for his glory, to be used to help people to escape Egypt. And uh, we can use those gifts to uh, feed the poor and clothe uh, the poor. So we need to worship in that way, too. The wise men, we know that. They did that. They worshiped him by presenting their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But but then 
The scripture tells us something else about the wise men that we would do well to discover. It says, being warned of God, they didn't go back to Herod. Now, I don't know about you, but so often I have come into an experience of meeting and knowing Jesus and being fully aware of all the things in my life that I shouldn't have there. Angers, prejudices, old sins, old hatreds, old habits. And when I've come into the presence of Jesus, I've become aware of that and I've tried to leave them with him. I put them at the foot of the cross. But then it wouldn't be long after that. Then I'd pick them up again, go back to Herod. And have those same old hatreds, those same old angers, those same old prejudices, those same old sins. I I do that time and time again. Maybe you do the same thing. I think I'm human. You are too. Let's be honest about it. We keep going back to Herod. We keep going back to the far country. We keep going back to Egypt. We can't. We just, it's just something about human nature that's this way. But here, the wise men did not go back to Herod. They were warned by God in a dream. They were spirit-led. And when I'm spirit-led, I'm led not to go back, but to go forward. And this is a time in the history of the church when we need to be looking ahead, not looking back. One of the fears that I have, because I represent the past, I want us to represent the future. I don't want to go back to Herod. That's maybe a pretty good place, a safe place. No, it's not. It's a dangerous place. I want to go forward. I want to go to the future. So being warned by God in a dream, they didn't go back. But then it says they went home Another way. They went home another way. Oh, doesn't that sound like the way I want to go home? I don't want to go home the same old way. I come to Christmas and I'm filled with joy and happiness and peace, a generous spirit. I speak to everybody. Happy New Year. Uh, no, Merry Christmas. Uh, Happy New Year to people I don't know. But then we wrap up the Christian and we put it away. We keep Christ in Christmas, don't we? We pack him up and put him on the shelf until, put him in the attic, the storage room until next Christmas and bring him back out. I want to go, I want to go home another way. I don't want to go back the same old way. I want to do that. Now they tell me, you can't go home again. Oh, yeah, you can. You just have to go home another way. And that's what these elements that we have in the Holy Communion is all about. We receive Jesus. We discover Jesus. We accept Jesus. And he will take you home another way. And that's the truth. Amen. Amen.